Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, Jesus, you're right, Echoey. So, so is it just going to be sports in the in the adult channel for you then? <laughs> Pretty much, aye. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, well. not even the sports, just the adult channel. Exactly. Well, I, knew, I knew that, eh? So, no. In the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Are You Ready podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Um, very well Derek. How, how does it still feel to know that we are the champions mate? Champions, champions. It's just great. We're we're back to being at the top. We're back to being the number one force in Scottish football. And, you know, the the world just feels as if it's, you know, back to the way it should be. It's just tremendous. It really is. It's like ever since we won it, it's like not a care in the world. Don't care about these teams now. It's a weight's right off our shoulders. It's, well, I wouldn't quite go that far. We've got a game. <laughs> We've got a game to cover that I was quite upset about, but uh, for for various reasons. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into that during the uh, look back at the games. Yes, so we've got two games to cover. Obviously, the loss at Slavia Prague, which uh, descended into something that it's not football related at all, no. which we'll cover, and yep. then obviously the the draw against Celtic as well. So, without further ado, we'll go down the tunnel and onto the park. Or should I say, is that down the tunnel with the locked doors and onto the park? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly what does. The first game, as I said, was Thursday the 18th of March. It was at home against Slavia Prague where we lost 2-0 in the Europa League last 16 leg two. Uh, prior to the game, um, WWE superstar Drew McIntyre cut a fantastic promo for BT Sports on us. It was properly amazing. It was like goosebumps kind of stuff. Dave, I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I think I did, Derek. You know me, wrestling its something that I really sort of tune out. I know that you're a huge fan, as is you, and that was on the pod the last time. It's no my cup of tea, but I know who the guy is. I know he's a massive Rangers supporter, but I didn't see exactly what he put on. But uh, it's, uh, it is good that, because obviously he's got millions of followers all, all over the place, and if it does anything to help Rangers as well, then I'm, I'm all for it. Yep, we also changed the banner at the uh, the the front of the govern stand to to the champions yes. fifty five crest. It looked fantastic, didn't it? Yep, yep, it was great. I saw that, and uh, really, you, you know the 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 social media team as well at Rangers done a great job showing you, you know, the old one coming down and, and the new one going up. It was it was excellent. It's something that we're all absolutely chuffed to bits with. Yeah, two changes from the first leg the week previous. Uh, we had McGregor, Patterson, Goldson, Balligan, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Arfield, Aribo, Ken, and Morelos. 
On the subs bench, we had McLaughlin, Bassey, Hellander, Hadji, Itton, Zungu, Wright, Stewart, Roof, Simpson and King. Now, obviously, with drawing the first leg, one each, uh, it was the away goal. The, it was certainly yep. all in our hands. We yep. had to be very mindful that they could have been still dangerous. They, they were, you know, had a, as, nearly as good a run in domestically as, as we have had this year. Um, but it really never panned out that way, Dave, did it? No, it didn't, Derek. I saw... The lineup, Derek, was the defensive, but a sort of cautious lineup, shall we say? I was very surprised not to see Hellander playing uh, in, in the match. Very surprised because I thought in the first match against them he was absolutely outstanding, uh, and he scored the goal as well. So I was very surprised to see him, and I thought he maybe had a wee knock or something, but I don't think that was the case. I don't know if Stephen Gerrard was thinking Balogun maybe being slightly faster. I mean, I do I do like Balogun, Derek. We spoke about him a lot. You no, know, ever since he came in, he's a very good, solid defender and a great addition to the team. But my opinion, I would rather have. Hellander in there, I think he's the, the better defender than the two of them, and I know there's a, a few people don't agree with me, but uh, I think I really do think that Hellander's a really, really good defender. Uh, so I was quite surprised at that as well. I was hoping that maybe Hadji would be playing for the start as well, but again, that's I'm just, I, I was nit, nitpicking slightly with the team, and still hopeful at that point that we could go on and get the job done, Derek, and I, I think you were exactly the same. Yeah, the the first half overall it was kind of a, a poor first half from us we never really got to grips with it I don't think Slavia were as dominant as they were in the first half of the first leg uh, the week previously but they were clearly the better team it was a really scrappy f- half first half I thought uh, we couldn't get a rhythm going, couldn't get the break of the ball we were poor going forward and we were crowded out going through the middle and it was either overhit crosses when we got down the wing or the crosses were, were decent enough but there was nobody there so calls into question if there were decent crosses or not, the ref was blown for everything and a lot of niggly fouls with the Slavia players really going down easy, play acting, playing the usual type of European game, which we'll, we'll come into as well. Yeah, we started off the game brightly and then it kind of went slightly downhill. On the third minute, Slavia managed to get the ball down the right, a dangerous cross on the deck. Balogun cleared it over the bar from about six yards and out for the corner, so they were targeting that area once again, like they did last week with Balogun in that side. Obviously, Patterson was, was in that right-hand side this time, though, um, but we knew it was going to be a, a, a place that we were going to try and target. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it all went peak tong because in the 14th minute, Slavia went 1-0 up. They were knocking the ball about, simple ball to the left side, controlled, looked up, cross in, the attacker ran unmarked, gets his head to it in the box and beats McGregor at the near post. I got shouted down by my mates, but I felt it was really poor for McGregor. As yep. good a header as it was, yeah. sh- McGregor shouldn't have been getting beat near post when he was so tight on the post as well. And as I said, we had lit Slavia down that, that side so many times so far and we let them get the cross in. So it could have been stopped at source, but I felt McGregor could have done a lot better there. Derek, you know, we've came out, I don't know how, how many times over the past few seasons to say it. McGregor's been world class. He, he really has been. And I think that's maybe the reason why we were slightly disappointed because we've seen him pull off save after save after save. And that one to me looked as if he could have done a lot better. Just exactly like what you said. It's in no way we criticising the man at all. But just because of the calibre of goalkeeper he is, we wouldn't expect him to concede a goal like that, would we? And I think that's maybe, you know, what you were saying. And I certainly felt that way as well. For, for it to be a goal for the, the near post, I mean, we've seen him having sort of superhuman agility 
to save some goals and things like that before. And you know, for for that one, it looked in, in the replay, it was it, it was a very good header. But I, I think we're all kind of expecting McGregor to get a hand to that and, and put it. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be, and a very poor goal to lose at that time of the game. Also. And you know it was a, a an uphill struggle from them, so it was it was bad timing to lose the goal and defensively poor from us as well. And just exactly like what you said, they were targeting that side constantly, and we, we weren't coping with it very well, were we? No, certainly not. 16th minute, Kent with a shot, making the keeper make a save. The game turned into a really scrappy midfield game where not a lot happened at all. A couple of half chances for, for each team at most. 38th minute, Kamara gets booked for getting the ball and the momentum carry him through it. There was a clash of bodies. As I said, the ref was blown for every niggly foul and getting a lot of it wrong. 43rd minute, some very good possession in the Slavia half, knocking the ball about well from the centre to the left and back again, ending a shot from Morelos from about 25 yards and it went just by the left post. And that's how the, the the first half ended. So the second half still certainly wasn't over uh, by by any stretch of imagination. Uh, we made a sub on the 54th minute, Arfield off and Roof on, and he only lasted six minutes because he got a straight red card for a. I've got to be serious. It was a, was a shocker, Dave, wasn't it? <laughs> what can we say? <laughs> I. <laughs> It wasn't intentional, Derek. A hundred percent. I, you know, I, I honestly say that it wasn't intentional. He should should they have been gone with his feet that high? Definitely not. But in absolutely no way did he know that the goalkeeper was going to be that close and he was going to make contact. It was a, a poor poor judgment by him to try and control the ball when it was that high. Don't know why. He, I, I've I've listened to a, a podcast where he was speak, speaking midweek to Ali McCoy, and he said he sounds quite genuine. I, I don't quite understand why he said it was it was too high. He actually said it was too high for him to head, so he went through his feet. I, I didn't quite un- understand <laughs> that, but but I'm surprised he, he, he didn't try to use his head. But he's obviously he's just misjudged it. It's went too high. He's put his foot right up, and unfortunately, the goalkeepers came right through. It was an absolute shocker, Derek. The goalkeeper is a very lucky man. That could have been, you know, an incredibly serious injury with the feet up and the studs up, and you know, one hundred percent, it was a red card. You know, for him to go, it was dangerous play. It was a red card all day, but no way did I think it was intentional. No, I mean, as you said, it was a complete accident and you can't blame Roof for going for the ball. Uh, it was a bad one. And this yep. is my this is my issue with the, the high feet thing and it's always been a strange one where would it have been flagged if there was no player around them? No, it wouldn't have been, I don't think. But because the player was there and he, he, never, he completely never knew he was there and that's the thing. You know, the keeper, uh, you can't blame the keeper for going for it, but... You know, he's put himself in that position. Roof's put himself in that position. I'm not saying it wasn't a red card, but at the same time, a complete accident. And yeah. you need to start out low and, you know, high feet like that then completely. But I don't know. One of these things, isn't it? As I say, Derek, I think if if, if he hadn't made contact with the goalkeeper, it might have been a different story. It might have, you know, it might have just been a yellow card or anything like that. But the fact that he's caught him, you know, slap bang right in the face and it's it's caused a big cut and all that to him. As, as I say, the, the goalkeeper was very lucky. It was, you know, it wasn't near his eye or anything like that. So, uh, but I uh, again, something that we had to take. Me and you have had a lot of discussions about Ruth, haven't we, Derek? <laughs> I, and I don't mind saying this, you know, he's scored the goal of the season. For me, my opinion, uh, in Europe, we all went on about he scored a few other crucial goals like the ones that he did you know, against Motherwell and stuff like that. 
I'm not 100% on, on the guy yet, Derek, but I was very impressed with him. As I say, I, I listened to him on that podcast midweek. Very impressed with him. He sounds as if he's loving life at Rangers. It sounds as if he's really got it. Everything about the club and the fans and everything like that. So I, but I'm still no a hundred percent sure about him. I'm not sure what his best position is, Derek. I don't know what's the best way for area for us to play him. I, I don't know. I'm as I say, I'm just not a hundred percent convinced at this moment in time. I would prefer to play Hadji instead of him, but I know we've paid a lot of money for him, and he he, he should be playing. I might get slated for it, but I'm just I'm no I'm not quite sure. But that, as I say, that incident was just a a shock, uh, you know, an accident, and you know we've just got to, got to deal with it now. Yeah, so it was a difficult task made near impossible yep. at that point. It did galvanise us a wee bit, I thought. Yeah, I thought no, it did die. In the 68th minute, it was a ball down the right with Patterson. He got the ball into the box and had a shot and it was not far over. That was probably the chance that, that could have done it. And I was just unlucky there. 70th minute, Patterson with an outstanding last-ditch tackle on the edge of the box to prevent a guilt edge chance. And then there was absolutely no chance on the 72nd minute that we were going to get anything from the game because there was a red card for Balogun. A second year for a poorly timed challenge near the edge of the box and a free kick given. It was a clumsy challenge, a yellow card every day of the week. I can't remember what his first yellow card was for about, I'm to sure be honest. It was, for, it, it was for like another sort of clumsy challenge as well. It was, wasn't anything cynical, but you know, it was uh, it, it was booked. And as you say, at that point, him him going off really was, that was, we thought, oh, well, that's it. That, that, that's the chance he's gone. And as you're about to get into the game was all over as soon as the, the ball was placed down for the free kick, wasn't it? Yep. So in the 73rd minute, Slavia went 2-0 up and the game was completely done at that point. Direct free kick up and over the wall into the top left. Cracking free kick. McGregor got his fingertips to it. Could he have done any better? Probably not. It was just a great free kick. And I suppose, as I said in the post-match, the, the three goals that we've lost against Slavia they've all been top goals. As much as McGregor could have done better for the first one uh, on, on the, the, this game, uh, they've all been cracking goals. And that's yep. the, the heartening thing because most of the goals we've lost this year have, have been for yeah. for really silly defensive mistakes, whereas these have been top yeah. quality goals. And the guy scored the goal, Derek, I thought was the best player in the park, Stanchu, the Romanian international. I thought he was absolute world-class in there. He was at the heart of absolutely everything. And that's what kind of done on me at that stage is that's maybe just what we're missing to go to that next level as a player like him because he had his foot in the ball and he was just orchestrating everything. He was basically like what Barry Ferguson did for us at his prime put playing for Rangers, Derek. He basically started the ball off and took it forward and, you know, it was him that was, as I say, everything was going through him. And as I say, that free free kick was top notch. Great player. And I really hope that Ines Hadji's bending his ear constantly and tell, telling him to come and sign for us. But <laughs> I think it would take a lot of money to get him. But he was a, I thought he was a class act, the guy. He really did. Yeah. 79th minute, Patterson off and Simpson on. 82nd minute, Davis, Morelis and Kent off, it and Zungu and right on. 87th minute, this is where it all kind of kicked off. Yeah. Goldson gives away a foul. During it, he still tries to go for the ball, which he kicks the chest of the Slavia player who is now on the deck at this point. He made a meal of it and he acted like he was hitting the face. And then a big stromash ensued with pushing. That all started because the Slavia player went over to Kamara and said something into his ear and Kamara went apeshit. And at this time, we obviously never knew what, what it was said. No. But you don't act like that if nothing was said and if it wasn't innocent as well. 
we sort of text each other straight away, Derek. And what I took from the a, a very initial incident, and I say to you, surely, surely it can't be anything racist because two of the guy's black teammates were standing right behind him when he went over. But then as soon as we saw Kamara's reaction and then the reaction of Zungu and then ultimately the reaction of Golson and the rest of the team, we knew a horrible, horrible thing must have been said and everybody straight away thought at this exactly same time he's obviously said something racist. Now, we've never seen Kamara act like that, Derek Hovway. He's no. always very mild-mannered. He gets on with his game, the, the ultimate professional. And then when you hear the players t- talk about him as well, very quiet guy. He's like the last person in the park that, that would be aggressive like that. And he, he looked completely shocked at first then really angry, and then, as I say, but the way the rest of the team went to his aid as well, as you say, we just we, we all kind of thought at that point, didn't we, that there must have been something like that said. Yeah, so that kind of more or less ended the actual play of the game, and then, uh, obviously, as we suspected, Kamara was subject to racist abuse by Kidella. I'm not going to repeat it, everybody knows what, what's yep. been said, uh, but Zungu certainly heard it, and he was only standing uh, about a foot away, and he then clearly shouted what what has been said as well, and their number 12, a black player number 12, yep. clearly heard it as well, yep. and from a distance he gave Kidella a stare down, and that's what was the incredible thing about it. Rangers, as a club, our players and Gerard has been nothing short of incredible through this. Yeah. They've they've honestly showed their true leadership as well. Gerard Douglas Park and Ross Wilson were right down at the pitch after yeah. the game talking to the Slavia players and management. Gerard visibly upset at his presser at the end. He hugged Kamara. I mean, this is absolutely heartbreaking. He hugged yep. Kamara at the side of the pitch and it was, uh, it was just, it breaks yeah. your heart seeing it because Kamara yep. Just clung on it to him. Was, and he buried uh, his head in his shoulder. It was horrible to see. I've I've never seen any, any, any like that, Derek. But again, it showed you how hot Kamara was. And well done, he, he, Stephen Gerrard. I was as proud as anything at, at that stage because it showed you how he saw Kamara as being his his guy. Do you know what I mean? His his boy. And you you could see, I think, what it meant to Kamara as well. The fact it was him that was there. And then you can see how, how how upset. So you see a grown man like that, Derek, you know, a professional be like that. We knew at that stage that it had to be something bad and then go, you know, after what we've heard what we're saying, it's absolutely disgusting and no place for it whatsoever. And the guy's an absolute scumbag. I don't care what anybody says. He shouldn't be back playing football. And as I'm sure you're about to get into, subsequently to have certain fellow professionals saying that they back him to the hilt and everything like that. It's just, it's absolutely despicable behaviour as well. I mean, Goldson in the press of the next day was visibly upset and he stated yep. he wanted to hurt someone and he's never felt like that in his life before. Roof also shared multiple posts of racist abuse hurled at him through his Instagram through by Slavia fans. And that was obviously because of the tackle. Um, contrast what our reaction to compare with Slavia, though, they have been nothing short of an absolute disgrace. Yep. And it reeks of a club that they know they've been caught out. But instead of punishing the player, they've completely doubled down and made outlandish claims with no yeah. evidence whatsoever. And in fact, there's actually evidence that disproves their weird claims. And they've been widely ridiculed in our press, which says something as well. I mean, they claimed that all he said was, you fucking guy. Aye. Are they That's actually just, kidding? Aye, pathetic, because he would probably get told that by his own players aye. constantly during the game, Terry. Do you know what I mean? This is Scotland that... that 
that you're playing in. So, I absolutely pathetic. Excuses, absolutely shocking as well. And as you say, it's just the. Uh, just sheer scum, Derek, is, is all, all it is. And for their club to come out and, and rigorously defend their player and, as you say, basically make things up. And I'm sure that, that you're going to get into it as well. But some of the things that they said that happened in the tunnel, when there's video footage of one of their own players with our, or, or uh, officials in the tunnel after the game on their camera and they're all hating a laugh and I, I, I carry on and everything completely disproves it as well. It's just, yeah. it, it, as you say, it just reeks. It really does. I mean, all they had to do was say words to the effect of that we're aware of these serious allegations. It's uncharacteristic of the player. However, we'll investigate and yep. should any punishment be merited, we'll do so. Yep. That's all exactly. they had to say yep. mm-hmm. and it would have diffused everything. But no, their chairman has claimed that their player was physically attacked after the match. Uh, the tunnel doors were locked and that the CCTV was turned off and covered and their player, Cadella, was viciously assaulted in the tunnel area in front of a UEFA official. And that they also had called the police and the police escorted them away from the stadium there's actually a video of Cadella walking mm-hmm. to the team bus absolutely yep. fine unaided no obvious signs of injury not in a rush at all Police Scotland after the match stated that they were not aware of any incident uh, there has been no subsequent reports and they were only there as part of their regular duties to escort the team bus back to the hotel so completely blows those claims yep. right out of the water and as you were talking about the video that since came from one of the Slavia players after the game all in their tracksuits, messing about at the side of the pitch while Gerard and our management were talking to the, uh, their officials as well. And up the tunnel, Derek. Aye. They, they, well, they went, they, they went up, up the tunnel as well in the same video. Our management goes up the tunnel, fo- followed by the, their officials. The tunnel doors are closed, absolutely. Their manager who's been one of the instigators of this whole thing, walks up to the tunnel, opens the doors, then closes it, and nobody seems cared as if there was any sort of assault going on there. Their manager was even laughing when he was closing the door. And from a video, from a commentary I've seen, there was obviously talking in this video as well, and it can apparently be translated in one of two ways. One of them is, we'll have to wait here, as they they claim Cadella called him, and then the racial slur, or it can be translated, we have to wait here, as Cadella called him and then yeah, the, well, that, the way that I took it from the, the, the various things that I saw was the second one there Derek as if it was a an admission but obviously that'll no stand up and it will be the, the usual lost in translation nonsense that gets that gets done but I certainly took it from the, the, the latter what was said you know tra- tra- translated out but again I don't speak the, the language but that was the, the, the way that I read it anyway yeah, I mean, their ultras the next day hung up a banner <sighs> on, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it was calling Kamara the N-word, which is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there then was a series of outlandish statements from the official outlets of Slavia going on about the thuggery of our team on the park, the roof challenge, how they were so much better oh. than us on the park, and at the fact that this whole issue detracts from how much better than they were. None of that is remotely connected to the racism issue and is complete deflection. And then they state that they'll consider contacting the police regarding the attack. Well, what happened to them claiming that they had already done that? Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Police Scotland then uh, confirmed that they've received the complaint um, from them about the assault, and then we've obviously put in a complaint about the racism as well. The Czech ambassador for the UK has even made comment on the situation. Police Scotland have then confirmed that they'll talk to Cadella when he comes back, when Slavia come over to play Arsenal yeah. in the quarterfinals. I sense an injury happening for him there. Exactly. I was, Derek, you took the words right out of my mouth there. Yep. Well, well here's the, the best part as well. 
he was also initially not travelling to play for play against Wales for the Czech national team due to safety concerns. Nobody could understand what these safety concerns were. However, it turns out he did travel and he is playing just now. And then a former Slavia boss even claimed that the, that we made up the racism allegations to hide from our poor, poor performance and our brutal behaviour during the game. I mean, that right there, to me, is proof that their country, or at least the footballing community over in Czech Republic, have got a big issue with racism. And it seems to be a very big issue with Eastern European countries. There seems to be a... a an endemic issue with racism over that part of the world. Now, in terms of the punishment, as Stephen Gerrard said, I know what should happen, but UEFA will probably not do it. I mean, I'm always for one that you can't punish the club for the actions of an individual. However, due to the contempt they've shown, the lack of remorse and the outright scumbaggery for not even acknowledging that this happened and they even tried to play the victim, UEFA really need to take the hard line and kick Slavia out of the competition. That's the only way racism will get sorted if they start taking a hard line with this. Now, I'm not saying we should be reinstated to the no, competition. No, no. We lost fair and square on the pitch. Yep. We got beat by the better team. This is yep. not the issue anymore. At the same time, though, as my dad says, why should Arsenal benefit from what would effectively be a buy? So it's a difficult p- place to be, but at the same time, they need to be proper severe sanctions on the club now. What is the what's the latest, Derek? Has there been a time frame put down for uh, UEFA to say when they're going to be reviewing this? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But UEFA, as has been highlighted before, as you get a bigger fine, and bear in mind as a fine, is is ultimately nothing to these mega superstars of highly paid players. You get a bigger fine for wearing the wrong branded underwear under your top than you do for racist comments. So, do we expect anything to happen with this? No, Absolutely not. No, no. It's been a shocking sort of week and a bit, Derek, and you really do feel for the likes of Glenn Kamara. The one thing that I will say, though, is he has been given the support. And I'm not just saying this, the whole of Scottish football, the, the whole, obviously all of his teammates and all, all the supporters, that goes without saying that we have given him all the support, but there has been an outpouring of support from all the rest of the teams in Scotland as well for it, which, you know, is is great to see. It's, But I mean, this it's just, as you say, until there's serious, serious action taken, and I'm not expecting there to be, you just feel so, so frustrated, don't you? Because it's given a licence for absolute scum like that to keep ca- carrying on and, and, and being like that. Yeah. I mean, you say everybody, uh, I'll say, yeah, they were, everybody was fantastic with the exception of, of two people here. One, the SFA for the fact that it taken them four days to make a comment on this. Absolutely shocking. And then the utter cretin that is Michael Stewart. He couldn't just take Kamara at face oh. value that this had happened and he wanted UEFA <laughs> to investigate and due process to happen. Now, some in some respects is is correct that due processes has to happen, but that's in terms of any punishment. But in something that at the best of times is difficult to evidence due to it being one word against the other, for something as serious of this magnitude, that yeah. he should be taking Kamara's word for it that it happened. He as he, he watches Scottish football allegedly, he should know that Kamara doesn't act like that. It has to be something quite serious. He quite rightly got called out from all corners yep. of this, including yep. Rio Ferdinand, who told them he perhaps needs to get educated, which is brilliant. He got egg on his face, though, Derek, because he basically had to backtrack 
his statement sort of straight away by saying that uh, you know he, he hadn't actually heard what had be, you know had been said from this one and that one and and things like that. So he had to backtrack straight away. But we, we know Derek the man's an idiot. We know that. I mean, the, 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 some of the stuff he comes away with is quite incredible. But as I say, yeah, I, I mean, you're, you're right. I wouldn't expect any more for the likes of him when it comes to Rangers anyway. But as I say, on whole, the rest of Scottish football have been you know, behind him and quite rightly so. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I honestly can't believe that Cadella's travelled and played after the big thing that was made about I'm not playing for the Czech, Czech Republic because I've actually got it on my screen just now because as soon as you said that I thought I'm I'm definitely going to check that and he is he's in the starting eleven and he is playing actually right, right now which is incredible. Yeah. So as you said, we'll need to wait and see. Well, yeah. another yeah. shocking issue, but. Um... Something needs to happen. But yeah. we'll move on to the next game now, which was Sunday the 21st of March. It was a one-each draw away against Celtic in the Premiership and what was basically a dead dropper of a game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But as I say, Derek, it's a game that we still wanted to go out and win any time that, that, that we play against them. We we wanted to, to go out and, and, and put a stamp on, on the game. I'll let you get into it, Derek, but I, just, uh, I, I was desperate for us to go out and, and really put, put a show on, especially after everything that we've just spoke about. I thought that the certain players would be well, well up for the game and I, I was expecting a big, big performance from them. Yeah, well, I mean, we woke up that Sunday morning to many places around Scotland covered in red, white and blue, union <laughs> flags everywhere, painted kerbs, the Rangers flags and stickers everywhere. It was an absolutely outstanding effort for, from all that done it. It drew the ire of the unwashed, making complaints galore, which was amazing. You know, a wee bit of flags got them, got oh. them started. Uh, they were even trying to take the stuff down. An absolute classic, and I hope this was true. One guy even posted a call to arms on Twitter with a picture of a set of ladders and then we made a post an hour later saying that the bus driver wouldn't let him on the bus with his ladders <laughs> those damn masonic bus drivers eh? so okay. absolutely shocking it but, was it, it was quite incredible Derek and a big shout out to the the people in the, the town of Bones driving through and giving Bones a brand new speed limit of 55 on all the speed, <laughs> speed limit signs as well, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. My highlight, though, was that due to that Red Arrows um, turning down their title party request, one guy even built a Red Arrows fighter <laughs> out of cardboard, <laughs> attached smoke grenades to it and ran up and down the street. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Who needs the Red Arrows, Derek, when you've got that, eh? Exactly. I mean, this, the unwashed were slagging it for. Imagine a grown man making a cardboard plane and, and running up and down the street. I, I think they're they're losing the whole banter for meaning exactly, of it. But exactly. Never mind. Uh, we had two changes from the Slavia Prague game. Patterson and Arfield out. Hellander and Hadji in. Patterson on the bench as he has a slight knock. So I disappointed to see there, and it did leave us a wee bit light there. But aye. Of note, though, Morelos was going for his 55th league goal for Rangers and what a prophetic thing that turned out to be, exactly, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. It certainly was, it was written in the stars, Derek, wasn't it? As yep. I say, you're sure you're going to get into it. But we've been hoping and praying for the past few games for him to score against them because it's the one sort of thing that he was still to do and it was just, a, 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 like I said, it was, it was as if it was written in the stars for him. Yeah, and a rare touch of class from Scott Brown as well. He 
before the game during the warm up, he came over to Kamara and gave him a big hug as well, just obviously in support. <laughs> I actually thought it was quite funny because I wasn't quite sure what Kamara for a second there was sort of lost as to why he was coming over. Did you see this sort of reaction? Split, <laughs> split city reaction. What the fuck are you doing? And then it dawned on him the reason that he was coming over, which I thought was quite funny. But I no, it was, Derek, it was, it was a good thing to see. We all despise Scott Brown when he's on the park. It's one of these things, the type of player that he is, but very good that he did that. So, I well done. He promptly undone it with his post-match comments, though, so we'll aye, get yes, into that. Aye. But we lined up McGregor, Balogun, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Aribo, Hadji, Kent and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Defoe, Etten, Zungu, Patterson, Wright, Roof and Arfield. We started off fairly well, playing with confidence and knocking the ball about well, and then we dropped the pace. In the 13th minute, it was a free kick from the left for Celtic, floated into the box, headed away by Balogun, Celtic pick it back up, passes to McGregor who had a shot over the bar, Brown was offside in any case. 21st minute, a lot of good patient build-up play, knocking the ball about well from the centre to the left, Barisic puts a great cross into the middle of the box which finds the head of Morelis who gets it on target but not enough power and an easy take for the keeper. 22nd minute, a mistake by Goldson trying to play the ball out the box, picked up by the Celtic attacker who floats the ball towards the goal, Elinussi and McGregor go for the ball. McGregor misses it, hits off the head at Elinussi and Willie Collum, the referee, unbelievably gives a corner. Uh, so we thought that was going to be the start of Willie Collum and his issues in this yeah. game, but he actually felt he had a, a fairly decent game. However, on the 23rd minute, we went 1-0 down. A simple ball to the left side, a well-weighted pass to Edward who had drifted to the left side of the box, a good cross into the box and a diving header by Elinussi. Hellander was tight on him and he should have never got Elinussi should have never got that. It was just poor from Hellander there. It was after me bigging him up there in the last, in the last uh, game when I was talking about him. It was poor uh, for a guy of his experience, you know, quality international player. It was a really poor goal to lose. I thought the guy that scored for Celtic was by far the best player. He, he was the one that was causing all the problems. Uh, but as you say, it was... Again, they targeted us down the right-hand side, didn't they? Everything that they, they, they were doing was going down our right-hand side, their left-hand side, and, you know, the ball, and he should never have got for the fact that, he, as you say, he, he never lost his man, Hellander. He stayed with him, and then just that last sort of split second, they managed to get the header and really disappointing goal to lose for us, and that was the first goal that Celtic have scored against us this season. Yeah, aye, surprisingly. Yeah. 27th minute, Edward booked for diving, a blatant dive in the box. Barisic did lunge in, but he made no contact. And uh, when I first seen it, live time, I felt, oh God, here we go, it's going to be 2-0 yeah. here. Uh, I felt it was a certain penalty, but no, on the replay, Willie Collum was fantastic in fairness yeah. to him. He's called it spot on and there was no contact whatsoever. And it was one of these ones, Edward went looking for it. He kind of le- leapt over him rather than trying to just run into him. And he would have got a penalty if he had just ran into him. He tried to be cute with it and it and it never worked. And, you know, he's he's got a habit of doing this. And as, yes. as we've seen, we seen the other night there, he, he got a penalty for the, the, the French under-21s. And mm-hmm. it was another exact same where he leapt yeah. over him and went looking for it. But yep. well well played, Willie Collum. Mm, yep, well done. And in the 38th minute, as you said, it was written in the stars, Morelos scores to make it one each. I've just got, yes, here <laughs> for, for this goal. <laughs> But Barisic with the corner on the left, Balogun with the header in the middle, down into the back post, it bounced up, it was going to go wide and Morelis ran right in and tapped it in with his head. Just amazing awareness there for Morelis and just a great goal. 
Yeah, no, absolutely t- t- tremendous. I thought actually that the that the first one was in. I thought the the, the, the header that was going was in, but get great reaction from Morelos just ready right at the, at the back post. We, we don't see Morelos scoring a lot of goals like that. Derek sort of poachers type goals, but awareness for the header in, and I was just absolutely delighted. Derek, you know how much I love the guy. He is my absolute footballing hero at, at the moment and has been, you know, for the past few seasons. I absolutely love him. And to get that monkey off his back, the scoring against him is just absolutely tremendous. Shuts a lot of them up because, you know, we, we hear all the shite from him constantly. Oh, he's never scored against us. So absolutely delighted for him and great to get back into the game because we really weren't playing well, Derek. So, so the fact that we were getting back and tying the game up was excellent. A great time to score as well. Yep, it was nearly all undone though in the 41st minute with Celtic on the right played into the centre with a 1-2 Hellander slow off the mark, Edward gets a shot off it went under the legs of of, of McGregor off his arse which taking the sting off yes. it and he manages to gather it again yep. you know that's type of Andy Gorham type of, of saving yes. that by yep. any means possible, um, just brilliant yep. just after that though a long ball knocked towards Kent in the box hits an incredible volley, just the, the technique and, and fairness to the keeper, it was a brilliant save it was that had been again one of the goals of the season, as you say, Derek. The the the, the technique was absolutely outstanding there from Kent, and uh, really, really unlucky not to score. Yep, 44th minute, corner in from the left by Celtic Free header in the middle, knocked down towards the right post And shoveled out for another corner by McGregor Another great save from him there, just the way he managed to get himself down And that's how the first half ended So it was ultimately a poor first half by our standards And that's despite having a decent first 10-15 minutes We dropped the pace, we allowed Celtic to have the ball and come at us As you said, they were exploiting their right-back side as well With Balogun putting there as a makeshift right-back And he was having a bit of a torrid time and Celtic obviously got their goal from that. So, got to be happy being at one each, considering we played played so poorly at that point. Exactly, Derek. I think what I was t- taking from it was the fact that we weren't playing well, but we were still creating chances as well, which was always good. I always feel, especially this season against Celtic, they are very dodgy in defence. And you always feel that if you have a wee half chance against them, that you're either going to get a shot away or, or even score with it. So I, I was feeling all right at half-time because I knew that we weren't playing well, but we still weren't getting beat. So, you know, I was still quite confident going into the second half that we could maybe get a wee winner, get away with it, but still absolutely delighted the fact that Alfredo had scored. Yep, absolutely. So into the second half, the, maybe the later later on goal in the, ha- the first half maybe influenced the fact that there was no changes for the second half. 49th minute, a corner in from the right from Celtic and a header off the bar. 52nd minute, Edouard gets the break of the ball on the, ha- uh, on the half volley from 25 yards and he has a shot. McGregor pulls off another great diving save to knock it away. It was inevitable. 55th minute, Balogun off and Patterson on. 58th minute, cross in from the left, Elanoussi with a free header in the box and over the bar. For the next kind of 61st to the 67th minute, my feed went down. RTV, it was the first time RTV this season's been really poor with me. 65th minute, Hadji off and Arfield on. 72nd minute, a quick break down the right for Celtic after a good through ball, a shot inside the box, shot at the near post and a good save by the legs of McGregor, put out for the corner. The resulting corner from the right, Edouard gets a good head to it, but over the bar. 75th minute, Perhaps a moment of controversy, Edward goes down in the box again. Definitely wasn't a penalty, but I also don't think it was a dive either. I just think he lost his foot and arguably could have been another yellow card. But, you know, at the same time, I can understand why it wasn't given because I don't think it was a yellow. 
76 minute, Aribo and Morelos off, right and roof on. 82nd minute, Celtic down the left, crossed in, headed away at the edge of the box where Celtic player had a follow-up shot right at McGregor and it was comfortable. 84th minute, Patterson with a great cross in from the right, roof gets his head to it, down at the ground, off the defender, back to roof and out for the goal kick. 88th minute, Barisic with a corner from the left, Goldson gets his head to a bit wide and over. 91st minute, corner in from the right from Goldson with a header well over the bar. And that's how the game ended out. So, you know, certainly a much better result for us. Um, as I said, it was a dead rubber game. Celtic needed to show something. They were probably the better team. I don't understand this. This um, Everybody saying that we were the better team in the second half. We were probably better in the last 10 minutes, but we certainly weren't better in the second half, I would have said. Aye. Derek, we didn't play well. We've not played well in the last few games that, that we've played. But the one encouraging thing for me is that we didn't play well. Celtic were certainly going for it and they still couldn't beat us when we weren't playing well. So, I mean, that uh, is, is, is a plus point for me. Uh, like I've said a few times, absolutely, you know, I'm, I'm taking from it. That was when Alfredo scored his first goal against them. Absolutely delighted. And also, just like what I've said, the fact that we've went there and we've still not got beat without playing well is a plus for us. It wasn't much in it, but it's still a big game and still a game that you like to win. So, But I'll take it, Derek, I'll take it. We're still undefeated. They've still not beaten us and they've only, we've only conceded one goal against them. So, you know, we'll take that for it being at Parkhead. It certainly, the win meant a lot more to them than it did to us. So... Uh, you know that's that's you know the, the positives that you've got to take for the game. Yep, absolutely. So as I said, Brown made comments after the match mainly because that Sky gave him the man of the match for some reason, Oof. and he stated that they were denied a Stonewall penalty during Edward's first yellow card. There, uh, he went on to say about our goal: someone popped up at the back post. Fight <laughs> well, who it was Marellis that scored. <laughs> Just on the penalty note as well. Funnily enough, Celtic didn't appeal the Edward cards, which they could have done under yeah. the the simulation laws. So um, clearly, they didn't think it was a. Yeah. A winnable case. Mm-hmm. Um, just another bit of disappointing news here and, and disgraceful is that there was racist abuse hurled at Morelos online after the game on a video. A teenager appears to have lost his job and has been charged by the police. So I'm not going to comment too much on that as a no, live no. case, but absolutely despicable once yep. again. So it rounded out us, we've drawn the game, got to be happy with that. In the table, we've played 33, won 28, drawn 5, lost 0 still. That was the main thing of the game, keep our unbeaten record going. We've scored 78, we've only conceded 10, goal difference plus 60, and we're on 89 points. 20 ahead of Celtic with a 26 better goal difference than them, and there's still 5 games to go. Where's your 3 games in hand now, Celtic, eh? Exactly, Derek, exactly. It's uh, no, it's been It's been absolutely tremendous. We're just starting to come to, to, to grips with the fact that we are the champions. It's just the, the, there's that many games still to play. I think we were all hoping that that game was going to be the game that was going to clinch it, and it would have been absolutely. I mean, could, could you imagine if that had been the game that had clinched it? A one-one draw with Morelos scoring his fifty-fifth goal of the season. You know, if I'd have won that, so just a, a, a wee bit disappointed that that wasn't the mark for us winning the title. But uh, you know, it wasn't to be, and you know, we are we are the champions. So it's uh, it's just brilliant. Yep, 
Absolutely. So the games to come now, we've got the first game, which is on Sunday. I was convinced it was Saturday, to be honest, but it's Sunday the 4th of April at home to Cove Rangers in the yep. Scottish Cup round three. A pain in the arse, it's, an, it's a half six at night kickoff um, just for TV rights. Premier, Premier Sport, I think it is as well. It's just a disgraceful way to treat the fans this year, isn't it? Well, Derek, I'm happy because I'm like I'm I'm off that night, and that's me off for for two weeks. So you know, so so a lot of years I'm happy at that time. <laughs> In fairness to Cove Rangers, they're doing something brilliantly. As they're uh, obviously they're trying to recoup a lot of the money they're going to lose that they, they would have lost for um, or they would have gained for uh, ticket sales for the game, and they're doing a if you buy you know you put in ten pound I think you can get the game with them, um, but it's going into a draw for signed tops and uh, another prize of hospitality with them when they get kicking back off again, and so it's a it's a great wee thing. I wish more clubs would have done that. They've drew the ire of some Rangers fans because of the way they treated Fraser Aird. Uh, I really don't care to be honest. Fraser Aird wasn't our player at the time, all because he celebrated that no firm game. Yeah, you know that was an issue that Cove Rangers dealt with badly, but it had nothing to do with us. So I'm not going to take issue with that. Next game after that, Sunday the 11th of April at home to Hibs in the Premiership. That's a 3pm kickoff. Wednesday the 21st of April away to St Johnson in the Premiership. That's a 1945 kickoff. Sunday the 2nd of May, the last Old Firm game, which is at home to Celtic in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. Wednesday the 12th of May away to Livingston in the Premiership, 1945 kickoff. And the last game of the Premiership season, Saturday the 15th of May at home to Aberdeen. That's a 12.30 kickoff, and that will be obviously trophy day for us so yes. a, a great day that will be uh, hopefully fans will be in the stadium by that point and we hopefully will have Scottish Cup games to go as well in, in that if we get past yeah. Cove Rangers and the next rounds Yep definitely Derek looking forward to that still really really big big games to play and obviously we're wanting to go put in some really good, good performances especially for some of the guys you know that are uh, you know, hoping still to be there next season and stuff like that so still a lot to play for Yep, absolutely. So, we'll go down into the classic match. And then it is, the final whistle's gone, Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup. So Dave, you're going way back to a year after I was born. Yep, Derek, I'm going all the way back to 1986 and I'm so glad that I picked this game and the, the reason you, I, I looked I looked through a few games, you know, in that sort of era and at that time, Derek, I was like 11 years old and thinking back, we always talk about how good Davy Cooper was when he played for Rangers and obviously one of the greatest players of all time that played for us. I don't have a lot of memories of Davy Cooper playing for Rangers in this game. It was absolutely outstanding. It took the utter piss out of hearts. It was un- unbelievable. I'm so glad I picked it. Uh, I really enjoyed w- watching it back. I'll, I'll get into it just now. The, the, the Rangers team on that day, you know, a lot of really, uh, you know, legends of the club. Chris Woods and goals, Jimmy Nichols, Stuart Monroe, Craig Patterson, Terry Butcher, Derek Ferguson, Hugh Burns, Ian Durant. Davy Cooper, Robert Fleck, and of course, Super Ali McCoist. Going into the Hearts team again, a lot of international players, famous Hearts players, Henry Smith, Sandy Jardin, of course, was playing for Rangers. I'm sure that was maybe that season or the season before he actually got player of the season. Neil Berry, Walter Kidd, Sandy Clark, McDonald, John Cahoon, John Robertson, Gary Mackay, and Kenny Black. So lots of uh, f- famous Hearts players as well, w- well known. So game start started off early pressure. 
David Cooper on the left wing uh, beats his man infield to Burns. He has a shot from the edge of the box, but straight at Henry Smith. That was almost straight for kickoff. Then not long after that corner on the right, David Cooper curled into Patterson. He headed it. It was saved, palmed away by Smith. Back in and a header for Terry Butcher, but straight at Smith who put it just past the post out for another corner. And then not long after that, great chance for Rangers. Butcher in defence, a long ball up to Ali McCoy at the edge of the box. He lays the ball off to Davy Cooper on the left wing. Davy Cooper skips to the byline, puts a cross to the far post. Thinking it was going out, Burns actually manages to hook it back in on the byline and it bounces straight to McCoy who has a shot. He misses completely. It falls to Robert Fleck right in the centre of the goal, about two foot out, just for a tap in, but for some reason shoots over the bar. So two incredible misses there for Rangers. Just all nil-nil. Another chance not long after that. Long ball up to Fleck from Terry Butcher again. Terry Butcher was actually a great passer of the ball, Derek, you know, especially from defence. Up to the left wing, and Henry Smith was actually way out, out of his box. Fleck sees this, he puts the ball over for an open goal in, into the box. There's Ali McCoy with a diving header, fantastic header, and then a goal line clearance by Sandy Jardin to keep, keep the ball out 0-0. But then on the 18th minute, Rangers broke the deadlock. Patterson to Fleck. Derek Ferguson takes over from Patterson. And Fleck, Fleck once again has found good position for Rangers. There's McCoy! Well, it don't come any better than that. And certainly no more than Rangers deserve. Well, there certainly was a touch of fortune about the goal. Robert Fleck making space for himself coming deep. Turning and going forward, he definitely was attempting a shot at goal. He didn't catch it properly. But look at that for the finish from Ali McCoyst. Robert Fleck receives the ball in midfield and he runs, keeps running to the edge of the box. He actually goes to shoot, but totally sclaps his shot. But thankfully, the ball falls straight in front of Ali McCoy, who thunders the ball past Henry Smith into the goal to make it 1-0 to Rangers. And that was Ali McCoy's 15th goal of the season at that point. So absolutely superb stuff there by Super Ali. And then, but just straight after that, first real chance to Hearts in, into the box. A bullet header for Kenny Black and a goal line clearance for Patterson. Hearts really un unlucky there. And then there, about the 30th minute, Nickel with a shot from a slack pass in defence by Black. He gets his chance but shoots just wide. But then Rangers on the 35th minute make it number two. On roll. Now Derek Ferguson. McCoyst. Away from Jordan. Pulling it back for Burns to Cooper. And Cooper has done it for Rangers. Davy Cooper in 35 minutes. His seventh goal of the season. And once again, it's a masterpiece again, Parks. He did it, you may recall, a time cast earlier in the season. And he's done it once again. Now this involved a fine build-up from Ranger. The pass finding Ali McCoyst in the inside left position. He dragged it to the left, went past Sandy Jordan, played in the short cross. Hugh Burns was there. He turned, laid it into the path of Davy Cooper. He came forward in the cheekiest of toe pops with the left foot. Left Smith helpless. 
The ball played up to Ali McCoyst on the left wing. He cuts the ball back uh, to Burns. He's got his back to goal, sees David Cooper, plays it to Cooper inside the box with two defenders on him, and he just uh, tiptoes the ball between both defenders. It's quite incredible to watch. Tiptoes the ball, looks up, sees a tiny wee gap between Smith and the defender and just hits it with his toe, like a wee toe poke, past the goalkeeper. It's absolutely incredible to actually go, go and watch it. The control that it has inside the box just to keep the ball, flick it from foot to foot. Defenders don't know what, what he's doing and a great finish at the end. Absolute class, incredible goal. So that rolled out the, to half time there. Rangers cut comfortable, Hearts no in it at all. Rangers with all the pressure. And into the second half, straight away, Rangers going to try and kill the game completely. Robert Fleck with a ball straight across the face of the goal. No, nobody there, no, no Rangers player. McCoy wasn't at the races at that point, really surprised there. Hearts just can't get going due to how well the, the Rangers are playing there, they really know. Davy Cooper then just starts his, his magic. He gets the ball, he goes towards Walter Kidd, takes him one way, takes him the other way. Kidd is absolutely nowhere. And into the box, then it's uh, Neil Berry, beats Berry, but then uh, Cooper bundled over by one of the two of them in the box. No penalty given by the referee. Really shocked about that. It was just, they, they could not get near him. Then again, not long after that, David Cooper in the left wing, going up towards Walter Kidd again. He must have been sick and tired of him. He puts the ball back, back to McCoy. McCoy with a step over and turn. Cuts the ball back to Robert Fleck. He has a shot and absolutely thunders the ball off the crossbar and out and cleared. Quite incredible play. Brilliant again. Really unlucky not to score. And a great chance for Burns for Rangers in midfield. It was a defence splitting pass by, by, by Jimmy Nicholl. He sees Burns. He runs straight through. One-on-one with the goalkeeper. Manages to shoot the ball over. Scoops it over Smith and over the bar. Great chance. And then D- David Cooper again in his own half. He turns his man, looks up and then just plays this incredible through ball to Robert Fleck to the edge of the box. Fleck runs through. Smith n- narrows the gap. Fleck goes to shoot. But again, a great save by Henry Smith there to keep, keep it 2-0. And then again... David Cooper again, this this time he's marked by Berry because Walter Kidd just can't take it. So they changed that and put Berry out onto the right-hand side. But he actually goes one way, goes the other way. Berry lunges in with a tackle and David Cooper just dinks over the top of him, leaves him for dead, low ball in for Robert Fleck again, hits his shot and again crashes off the bar. Wasn't Robert Fleck's day? Really unlucky. David Cooper, absolutely incredible. But then on the 79th minute, an absolutely stunning goal for Rangers. David Cooper. Once again, teasing Neil Berry. Once again, getting the better of him. And there's the chance again for Rangers. Durant. 3-0 to Rangers. Durant. Goal of the season, 39 minutes into the second half. And how about this for yet more magic from David Cooper? Taking the pass, going at Neil Berry, turning him, twisting, teasing, turning him around again, leaving him behind, and then threading the pass through for Ian Durant. A deadly finish, and Rangers now have the match completely sewn up. That man again is David Cooper. Gets the ball in the left wing again. He just looks so relaxed. Takes the utter piss out of Berry. Twist, 
turns and then the perfect through ball to Ian Gerrard who runs through, curls the ball past Smith into the goal to make it 3-0. Simply sensational by David Cooper and a great goal by Ian Gerrard. Unfortunately though, Gerrard during that took a heavy knock. He had to go off uh, injured. But that rounded out the game for Rangers. A 3-0 victory and David Cooper just absolutely incredible. Derek, I hope that you went back and you watched. It was like a 25 minutes worth of just absolute sheer class by David Cooper, especially in the second half. It was absolutely sensational. I watched some of it, but yeah, I mean, that, just that goal he, oh. he set up for Durant was amazing and uh, just one of the amazing you know, <laughs> things he could do in the park. It was, it was Derek, we, we, we've seen like a, a really highlights of David Cooper. It's all been cup finals or goals against Celtic, goals for Scotland, but it's games like that, sort of league games, you know, going back and watching it, showing you how much, I mean, Hearts just could not keep up with him. They tried loads of different ways to try and nullify him and they couldn't, you know, they had two two men on, on him at one stage and he just, you know, went against him head up all the time. That That's what, what got me about him. He never had his head down in the ground. He had his head up. It's as if his he's, he's two feet had eyes on him as well. Do you know what I mean? His control was, was just superb and it was just it was just a joy to watch. And again, any sort of younger Rangers fans out there that are younger than, than myself, which is probably the vast majority of listeners, let's be honest, but uh, if you get the chance, please go back and just even watch that game in the second half just to see how good David Cooper was. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. So we'll have another classic match the next time. So we'll go now into the news. So a few bits and pieces to cover here as always. First one here is around 30 police officers are self-isolating after policing the Rangers title party crowds in Glasgow. Well that's what the headline stated anyway. Ah, I'm pretty rubbish. sure Track and Trace only tells you <coughs> you've been in close proximity with someone yeah. who has got Covid and it doesn't tell you the location either. It really just typifies the narrative that the yep. media have got about Derek. us in, in this particular issue. We knew we, we, we said it before, Derek, we said that there was going to be uh, headlines like this. We were all prepared for it. We know it's just, you know, you, you know it's exactly what you said, that the narrative is incredible. But we, we, we were preparing ourselves for it. We knew it was coming. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean... It turns out that there's been no massive spike uh, in cases in the population either because of it, which they claimed there would be. Yeah. So for the wider issue of, of COVID and lockdown, etc., it calls into question the whole thing. And why are they not allowing fans back in the stadium now? I'm going to get off in a rant on COVID here and all the restrictions. But again, that was a mass gathering of thousands yeah. of people. Yet there's not seen the, the spike yeah. that they claimed there was going to be. So when does it come to the point when they still need to even just do a test thing to try and get this done now? Because it, it's, it's crippling businesses, it's crippling football clubs itself as well. So that's a story for another day, though. Yes. On a similar note, though, the COVID-5 today found out what their, their ban was going to be. And they got a six-game ban each with two of the games suspended. So... I think all of us were expecting a flat-out seven-game ban because of what Hellander and Jones got. But again, it, all it does is highlight the inconsistencies of the SFA and their disciplinary procedures. It's completely laid bare with this one here. I don't understand the, the thinking of giving them a six-game ban with two suspended. Weird. Yeah, strange. As you say, I thought we were, it was going to be the straightforward, just, just like the other players had received. But a very strange decision, that one, Derek. 
Yeah, and given the claims from Celtic that they've been affected by COVID more than any other team, <laughs> those bans now push us to 34 games banned for us, with Celtic on three games for Ball and Golly and Aberdeen on zero for the, the Aberdeen eight. So do you want to try that one again, Celtic? Exactly, yep. Yeah. Yep, right. Totally. A bit of good news here, though, is Steve Davis signs a year extension with us. He's been absolutely fantastic this season. 36-year-old and still bossing it, both in the Premiership and in Europe as well. And he's also equaled the top British Caps record, drawing the congratulations from the previous top holder, Peter Shilton. And uh, I think he'll be beating that tomorrow if he plays uh, for Northern Ireland as well. So, uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely tremendous, Derek. They're playing uh, Bulgaria tomorrow night, Windsor Park. And I'm sure, you know, he'll be the, the first player on the team sheet. As you say, he's been tremendous for us since he's came back th- this season. He's been absolutely brilliant, you know, complete professional. You know, the, the calm head in, in midfield when we've really needed it. And just it's a fantastic achievement for him. And the fact that he's our player as well, you know, it's absolutely tremendous. And I'm sure he'll go on. He'll, he'll get loads more, Derek. So, that, you know, he'll uh, he'll be the man that'll, that, that'll have that record probably forever after that but a uh, absolutely incredible achievement for him and, and really really pleased so congratulations to Steve Davis for that one Absolutely. Uh, we've started our PR for our 150th year as well with a new gold crest and a few preview videos. Genuine goosebumps with some of the videos yeah. that have come out, even though they've only been 30 seconds and not shown much. And we will be the first major European club to reach that 150-year milestone as well, which is incredible. Yep, absolutely incredible, Derek. It's going to be tremendous. I think the, the, you, you know the club are really going to go all, all out, and I'm sure the fans will, will as well, Derek. It's, as you say, some of the stuff they've put out just looks absolutely stunning doesn't it and it's uh, you know it's really going to be great when it actually happens and uh, really really looking forward to it yeah and I mean on that note as well the Celtic fans have started their campaign about oh you're not the same <laughs> club again I mean it's all they've got left it is Derek it is it's all they've got they've not got their dream a uh, ten in a row or nine and three quarters in a row whatever you want to call it we have completely ruined them their fans are still it's this uh, you know when I've read everything it's still this still always cheated never defeated attitude that gets me it's just it's glorious Derek everybody said it was predicted that this would absolutely break them and it has and the reaction to, to us winning the league the fallout has just been glorious it really has Yep. Uh, the SPFL have announced the start of the fixtures for the start of next season and the, the legal kickoff on the 31st of July. Unfortunately, though, the winter break's returning. Really, really yeah. disappointed to see that mm-hmm. as well. And not just for us going to Dubai, hopefully not again. No. But I just don't see the need for it. I really don't. Uh, they, they, they do the winter break when traditionally we get okay weather it's normally in the the january february months that that we get the 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 proper bad weather so just don't see the point no last piece of football news here is that the loudon tavern gave us our their final update to the fundraising for the george square benches sorry memorial benches that is Uh, they've raised just over ten thousand pound which is incredible yep Glasgow City Council, initially the, their invoice was for £11,000 and that was for benches and mysteriously they lumped in flower beds with that one as well. I have it from a good source that the Loudoun were never going to pay for the flower beds and that they had only agreed the, for the, the, the replacement of the seats because the rest of the money was going to charity. Um, they've been in talks with Glasgow City Council and the invoice for the seats have ended up at £5,500. So that's split between the Loudoun crowdfunder and another crowd 
crowdfunder and with £7,169 going to the Anthony Nolan Trust which was agreed when the crowdfunder was set up which is incredible uh, fantastic all round for everybody who donated again our fans stepping up and showing how good they are and but however once again we try to do good and we were criticised for doing good as well. And we were also taken advantage of by trying to lump other charges in there. And it was ultimately charities losing out because somebody tried to take advantage of us. So I'm glad that, that was sorted out to, to the, the benefit of all there. Yes. Yep, definitely, Derek. Yep. Yep. So, churchgoer appeals for experts to identify a vintage bottle stopper only to find it was a sex toy. <laughs> A churchgoer appealed for experts to help identify what she thought was a vintage bottle stopper with a gold coating, only to discover that it was actually a butt plug. <laughs> the woman, only known as Jane from Indiana in the USA, was, was sent snaps of the four and a half inch sex toy by her sister after a friend found it unearthed in her garden during a heavy storm. Unearthed in her garden? Exactly. I wonder what it was doing there. I think her sister needs to, to answer a few questions. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. The, the, the keen Christians didn't know what the object was, so Jane posted the pictures and description onto a glass collector's Facebook group in the hope of finding it out. <laughs> Eagle-eyed members quickly realised what the pictures were, and the responses left the two sisters cracking up. The woman who found the item, on the other hand, was horrified when she was told what the glass object really was. Mm. And, but has since been able to see the funny side. After discover, discovering the item's real use, Jane said, I am thankful I know nothing of this world that uses <laughs> products of this such and quite frankly don't want to know. Aye, right. Heard that. Uh -huh. Well, my sister and I are both cracking up, but the fact she picked it up and handled it, I don't think there's enough soap to wash away that image. <laughs> oh, dearie, dear. Well... Derek, I've got one for you that I shared with you. Now, I'm only going to share this because I do realise that there could be a few people out there who would be offended by this, but this is just, uh, in my opinion, one of the ultimate Twitter rumours that I've ever heard, and it's regarding, it was one that was posted a few days ago. It's been all over Twitter, and I'm sure the vast majority of people have seen it, and it is regarding a Colombian international footballer, and I know what you're saying, Derek, there's maybe, there's there, there's only one Colombian international foot footballer, but believe it or not, there's more than just Alfredo Morelos, and of course, I'm talking about uh, a certain Colombian international footballer who shot to fame in the World Cup a few years ago by the name of James Rodriguez. Now, this guy is an absolute class player at the time, he was playing for Monaco uh, played in the World Cup was absolutely sensational, scored good goals galore, it earned him his big move to Real Madrid where you know he, he played quite well, he subsequently went out and loan to Bayern Munich done quite well there and then after that um, he was on loan uh, someplace else I'm not trying to remember what team it was that he was on loan to but he's since been signed uh, by Carlo Ancelotti down at Everton and you know huge signing, huge name signing down there, but he has had a bit of a stop-start uh, sort of career at Everton, hasn't he Derek and there's been quite a few rumours as to why that is, has he been carrying an injury you know, is he homesick is he, you know, can he not get to grips with the, the, the football style at Everton but no, according to this one expert who typed up a message to his friend saying 
I quote, Mate, Rodriguez is never going to play football again. It's all been completely hushed up by the club at the moment. Ancelotti doesn't want the team being distracted in the run-in if the news breaks out. The players themselves haven't been told it's going to be the biggest news in football when it breaks. A couple of years ago, he decided he wanted to live as a woman and started taking hormone pills. <laughs> That's why Real got rid of him for nothing and no other clubs were in for him. Everton thought it was worth a punt just for the shirt sales in Colombia. It was it's weakened his body, which he's only managed 60 minutes here and there. Remember the bruised testicle early <laughs> in the season? Hormones, mate. After the Anfield game, he decided he wanted to go through the full gender reassignment surgery. That's why he's not been seen since. He's had it done last week. The FA say he can't stay in the men's game anymore. Basically, they've chopped his dick off, lad. <laughs> <laughs> now that oh is the no, Twitter we all know Derek is full of cr- crackpot stories but that is right up there and you know some of the replies to that have been quite incredible there have been quite a lot of people have taken offence to that that are maybe in the transgender community but the whole thing is the most ridiculous tweet I've seen in a long, long time. But at the same time, Derek, we've not seen him since, have we? So you, you never know, it could be true. But uh, quite incredible. I sent that on, on, on to you after reading it. It's been all over Twitter and just, you know, it just shows some of the stuff that's out there on so- social media. Quite incredible. I love social media sometimes, really. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, we will end the yep. podcast. So as ever, if you want to check out all our other stuff, you can go to our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com. I've still not updated the last few podcasts, but I'll get around to it at some point. So you can go there. I'm Dave. We're going to be playing on Sunday, so I'll be back with a post-match there. Dave will be sunning himself somewhere next to his barbecue, probably. I certainly hope so, mate. Here's hoping for nice sunny weather, considering I'm off for a few weeks uh, after that. But uh, We'll wait and see. But, uh, I'll, I'll be watching the game regardless. So Yes. So, thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Goodbye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Well.